Welcome to the first episode of the We Go Places podcast for the 2023-24 school year. The We Go Places podcast catches up with We Go grads who share with us the story of the journey to their unique careers. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at We Go since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Andy Georgieff, class of 2022. Today, I catch up with Ethan Chuka for the class of 2016, a server architect engineer. While at Kalamazoo College, a system design class set the course for Ethan in engineering and now has him designing solutions on the vast campus of Epic Systems in Madison, Wisconsin. Joining us from the class of 2015, or is it 16, (laughs) is Ethan Chuka. Ethan, can you tell us what you do? Hey, uh, it's great to be here. I currently work as a uh, industrial controls engineer at an engineering firm up in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's called the Morse Group, and I just joined on in February, so I'm pretty new there. Ah, fantastic. So, uh, Ethan, when did you think you had an aptitude for all things hardware and maybe even software with uh, computers? When when did that come to you where you think that this was like, I, I got an knack for this? Yeah, so I actually I, I kind of stumbled backwards into it. Uh, you know, growing up, my so my dad is a software engineer and he was always trying to get me to pick up like programming and stuff. And I never took to any of it because all I wanted to make was video games. I was like, I don't want to have to learn, you know, actual like I don't want to have to learn uh like actual computer science. Um, but I found out pretty early on that like I had a real passion for uh math and physics, and it turns out if you, you know, if you take a lot of math and physics courses, you're going to sort of end up accidentally taking a lot of programming and computer science (laughs) stuff too. Uh, You know, it's just one of, it's, it's a thing you pick up uh, as you go. Um, And so the more I got into it, um, you know, the more I found that like, I actually really enjoyed programming. I really enjoyed math. I really enjoyed like modeling complex systems. And the thing that really like solidified systems theory and, and controls controls engineering as the thing I wanted to pursue um, was a course at uh, Kalamazoo College called Intro to Complex Systems, which, as the name suggests, is all about, you know, taking uh, taking a system that uh, using very simple rules and interactions can can uh, exhibit very complicated behavior and trying to, to predict what behavior it's going to do, control it, um, you know, make it uh, make it like stable, things like that. Um, the, oh, so I just like locked onto that as something that was really cool and really like I got to apply all my passions, my passion for programming, my passion for math, my passion for physics, all into like one field. Why did you choose uh, Kalamazoo? Yeah, so Kalamazoo is a real tiny liberal arts school up in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's like 2000 students. I don't remember the exact number. It's pretty small, um, but they had a program that was really exciting. They have a 3-2 engineering program. A, a, a couple of schools, from what I understand, have this. Kalamazoo is one of them. 
um, where you do three years there at a like small liberal arts school. You get your Bachelor of Arts in some topic, uh, and then you transfer and do your remaining two years at an engineering school and get an engineering degree. And so I saw this program, and at the time, you know, coming out of college or coming out of high school, you know, I was really on the fence about like whether or not engineering was the right path for me. I wanted, I still wanted the chance to explore other options. I was passionate about theater. I was passionate about arts. And so uh, going to Kalamazoo and doing this this five-year program and getting like a degree from each school uh, was an opportunity to get to explore all my passions and get the whole like small liberal arts education experience. And then when I was ready, move to a much, much bigger engineering school and and pick up the the like technical skills that I would need as an engineer. Um, that is such a cool idea that you're able to ratchet up the 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 complexity of the program and and really kind of land in a, in a different spot uh with that i, I also want to kind of talk, touch on something that you said about how you were really able to kind of feature all these kind of different passions how uh how were you able to how do you see the strength of being able to really kind of lean into your left and right brain at kalamazoo because you said that you also did some work at theater as well i was wondering if you can kind of uh bring it around and talk about how all those things kind of make it kind of amplified you as a learner in that in that uh, in that environment oh yeah absolutely uh you know i've always had a real passion for like creative tasks as well you know i loved i've always loved writing stories i was in theater when i was in high school um and so i wanted to, i wanted to still have the opportunity to indulge those passions while i was also doing a stem degree and and i think there's this i think there's this perception that like stem fields and creative fields are like mutually exclusive and i don't really think that's true at all i think there's a lot of overlap you know i think you have to be you have to be creative and inquisitive and like um you know a good creative person to be a good scientist and i think you have to be like uh you know smart and analytical and and uh you know able to analyze systems in order to be in order to like put together big creative projects so i think you know there's a there's a lot of overlap and i don't see them as like uh I don't I don't really see the the like left and right brain of like creative and technical fields as being distinct things. I think they're they're skills you can foster together. I love that reciprocity that you just kind of uh, mentioned there. I think that's just it's so awesome. You were talking about that systems class. That sounds fascinating. I, I was wondering if you can maybe uh, talk about how what would be a, a typical type of heuristic or approach to trying to chip away at what appears to be a complex system because that, that has to be a particular lens that you have uh, in your field. Uh, how, how do you what would be like a, a an approach that someone would have for something like that? Yeah, honestly, it's um like a big part of a systems theory degree is is realizing that there's there's a lot of different ways types of systems. There's a lot of different ways to analyze them. So like my education at WashU mainly focused at on um basically taking a system and modeling it as a series of uh, interacting variables and then doing certain uh, mathematical techniques on those variables to predict like if we let this system run without doing anything to it, is it going to like uh fly out of control like you know you you imagine like a, a quadcopter drone if you just like uh don't apply any control to it it'll like spin out of control and fall um or will it like naturally like settle down to an equilibrium point like if you have a pendulum you know and it swings back and forth eventually it'll run out of energy and come to it to rest so you you pick up certain mathematical models for predicting what these these dynamic systems will do um but also Actually, this is kind of this is kind of a tangent, but uh, the software that the particular software we used for this class is a piece of free open source software called NetLogo, 
um, that has a bunch of like cool little models built in. So if, if you're, you know, if you're interested, you can go pick this program up right now and start playing with some of the sample models that they have on there. And you can kind of see, um, you know, what, what kinds of different applications this field has. They have like physics models where you can look at like the magnetic spins in a, in a field of like semiconductors. They have biological models where you can look at the interaction of different chemicals or, or different um, organisms in an environment. Um, so th yeah, the software is called NetLogo. That's what we used for that class. And it was really, it was really the thing that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that like, oh yeah, you know, all this math and physics and abstract stuff that we're learning, this has real applications. You can take like real world systems and model them with these mathematical principles and predict what they're going to be able to do or simulate them. That is so neat. Did you feel that that software was very, uh, intuitive when you were working with it or did you have to have some background in, in coding to to really uh kind of accentuate all of its features a bit of both there's a bit of a learning curve uh in like learning just like you know it, it's got its own programming language so you have to get a feel for like how it does things compared to other programming languages um but it, you know if you're familiar if you've done some programming it's not uh, too big of a leap but also the uh the sample models that they have are a great place to start because you know you can poke through them you can see how other people have implemented similar ideas you can take an existing model and kind of tweak it and see like what you what you know what happens if i change this what happens if i you know flip this minus sign you know uh what happens to the behavior of the system as a whole um so it's a really it's a really fun thing to just like pick up and experiment with the uh, when you were with the three two one program at Kalamazoo, did with each semester or in between uh, each year, did did they uh, assist in a type of uh, or did were you able to to have uh, like an internship or was it mostly all kind of just basically school and then just kind of uh, um, you know go work somewhere else? So what was your what was the expectation for maybe interning uh, or any other opportunities like that? Yeah, to be to be honest, I did not take advantage of a lot of the career resources that both Kalamazoo and WashU have. Um, I, I regret that a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll, if you're going to like any kind of college, they'll have like career resources. You can go in and they'll, you know, like help you land an internship or, or find something. And I, I didn't really like have any experience in my field until I'd already graduated. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't do that, but it's something I wish I'd done. So you left Kalamazoo and then you finished up at, uh, at WashU in, in St. Louis. How did you like Washington university? Uh, it was, it was great. You know, it had its advantages and disadvantages. I think, uh, one thing is like, I really loved the like small, like the, the experience of that small liberal arts college where, you know, a typical lecture has, 10 or 15 students in it you really get to know your professors uh compared to like moving to this much much bigger school you know an order of magnitude bigger classes are bigger it's it's harder to like form uh like connection with the people in your class because there's so many people uh, it's more of like a lecture style whereas like the smaller classrooms they have more of like a dialogue style where you can you know ask questions and and discuss a little more um, so I, th that was the, the, you know, the disadvantage, it was just a, a, a different model of learning, but the advantage is obviously it's a much bigger school. You have access to like resources and, and networks that you wouldn't have access to at a, at a smaller school. So I think, um, you know, it, it was a bit of both. Uh, I, I like that. I got to, I like that. I got to try both experiences. I got to try the small school. I got to try the big school and I kind of got the best of both worlds. 
you touched on the idea that, that when you went to Washington, that there was a you had just a different access to resources. Um, what what were the the those kind of resources that just felt like wow, that's a that's a cool toy in the lab that I didn't have access before. What was that type of uh, amplification of of access that you you had once you went there? Yeah, on the on the technical side of it, you know, obviously it's a it's a bigger school with more resources. So they had like one of those makerspace labs where you can go in and you can 3D print like whatever you want. Or, you know, they have a, a, a workshop where you can like mill and, and CNC your own parts. Um, they have, you know, like uh, like bigger circuits labs with more interesting things to do. Um, WashU in particular has has some some cool engineering opportunities. They've got like a working I think it's an it's an I, di I didn't get involved with this, but I think there's a working oil refinery on campus. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of, of course, my favorite class that I took at WashU was a uh, systems engineering course where we uh, took a little like quadcopter drone, you know, the kind you can buy at Target. Um, we stripped all the programming out and we rewrote it from scratch. And it was really, really cool. Um, and, and of course, the other the other advantage to that bigger school is, you know, the there's more teachers and more staff so the the sta the faculty can be specialized a little more you know at at Kalamazoo there's two physics professors and so they kind of have to cover a lot of bases the same person who taught our electrical engineering course is also teaching our relativity course and our uh you know intro physics course and uh, uh at WashU like every teacher's or was very specialized to what they were they were teaching and very knowledgeable engineering has such a, a broad spectrum. You have chemical, electrical, and, and, you know, just keep on going uh, down the list. But what was it that kind of pulled you towards your field of study? Like what was the, the, the breadcrumbs that kind of led you to like thinking, Oh, I, this is it. I, I feel like every day is, uh, is just a puzzle that I keep, I get to solve and, and all that. What, what were, what was the series of, um, uh, of attraction that got you to your particular field within engineering? Yeah, you know, I was I was really unsure of like which particular engineering discipline was right for me. I wasn't super interested in mechanical engineering. Chemical engineering was like I was pretty bad at chemistry. Um and so I think I think the thing that finally pulled me towards systems theory um was honestly that it was it was the the field that seemed um the most interdisciplinary like every hmm. every you know engineering field you could do there is some applications where you could you could use some of what you pick up in a systems theory course um it's uh but especially electrical engineering it's a lot of overlap there um but also like i said that intro to complex systems course just like completely changed the the trajectory of of my time at kalamazoo because after that i was i was looking i was constantly looking for classes where i could learn more about like how to, you know, model and simulate and and predict the behavior of and analyze these these cool systems. That is so that is so neat. Now, did you have when you got to Wash Washington? Did you have when do you have to like come up with a type of um, a thesis or a kind of like a capstone type of research that uh, kind of solidified graduation? Yeah, ours ended up being uh, a, a little funny because my, my last year at WashU was like height of the pandemic, right? Oh, so everyone's right. burned out. Classes are all all remote. So it was very, very difficult to like, you know, work on our capstone. But we what we ended up doing was uh, because the 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 drone class uh, where we programmed this quadcopter drone was so fascinating to me. Um, I immediately gravitated towards something like that for my capstone. And what I ended up doing for my capstone project was I reached out to uh, 
one of one of my systems theory professors, and he was working on a project to um, uh, write control software for a particular type of 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 uh, drone, an eVTOL drone, electric vertical takeoff and landing, um, which is basically a drone that like takes off like a helicopter and then rotates in midair and flies like a plane. And the um the mathematical models of like how you go from that one equilibrium of being upright to that other one of being sideways. Uh, is very, very complicated. And so I got to work on that system. It was super cool. Wow. There's just, yeah, you're right. Just thinking about the all the the variables to make that, to just to even execute that one move. There's just so much going on there. Wow. What, what was the, if you remember, what was the, was there one part that you really had to just keep on coming at it from different angles and finally you were able to kind of solve the problem? Do you remember what, uh, what that one uh, initial kind of struggle was that you were able to kind of, uh, kind of push through? Yeah, I honestly, the, the field of like, um, the field of optimal control is so, uh, it's, it's so broad and so difficult and so like fascinating uh, that like the, the toughest part was basically just, you know, we have this model of the system when it's flying upright. We have this model of the system when it's flying horizontally. How do we how do we provide control inputs in the first mode to take it to the second mode, knowing that like its behavior and its dynamics are constantly changing as it rotates? Um and and it turns out that's mathematically really really difficult <laughs> it's just so like as you're talking i'm thinking okay is it the electrical system is it gravity is it the change of temperature in the air you know like i keep on thinking of all the different things that you have to take into consideration just to even make it move at all uh not to mention all the other kind of chaotic things that could be thrown at it oh that's just so so interesting you you didn't have any interest to, to go into uh, aviation then or to kind of uh, take that and apply it to like the the uh, drone technology at all you know it was something i thought of but a uh, little at at the risk of getting uh, a little bit um political uh washu is right up the road from like the boeing fighter jet plant and if you're going into aviation out and like uh aerospace engineering outside of washu you're probably going to end up building like missiles and and Ah, fighter jets and that just wasn't something i was interested in oh for sure for sure you had mentioned before too that um yeah that washu had you know access to to the resources you know better labs and just kind of maker spaces and, and all that but i was wondering too if you could kind of uh, touch on like the, how important networking is. Uh, you had mentioned that, that was something that was um, uh, really to your advantage while you were there. How how did that work out? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's the thing that uh, it's the thing that everyone the whole time I was in college was telling me like you should be thinking about this. You should be doing this a bit more. You don't need to like super stress out about like doing all the networking stuff you can. But you know, it, it it's it's one of those things where a little bit of a little bit of work making connections while you're in college will make it a lot lot easier to find a job that's like well suited to you once you graduate um and honestly you know like i said i regret not doing that more um but you know wash you and and most colleges will have you know programs where you can uh they'll like touch up your resume and and make it look nice uh they'll they'll help you you know hook you up with like an internship or some other program um they have like uh, like sponsor dinners with like companies that work closely with the school to like, you know, get your, get your name in front of a couple of like recruiters so that when you go to apply and you hand your resume and they'll recognize you'll, you, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I had a conversation with him at a, you know, at a dinner uh, eight months ago. 
sort of thing. So yeah, lots of lots of little like networking opportunities that uh, you can take advantage of while you're at there. So you graduate and what is the next move for you? Do you then, uh, what's, what's the, what was the job market like and, and how, and what, what's the recruitment uh, uh, for an engineer, for an engineer like yourself? Ah, For me, uh, it was kind of a lot of going on LinkedIn and other job sites and uh, finding every, uh, every job listing with controls engineer in the title and just like sending a resume in, uh, you know, writing a cover letter if it needs one. But mostly I was, I was doing a lot of the form fillable ones because they're fast. You know, you can get 10 applications done by lunch. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, uh, the one that ended up coming back to me was a job as a controls engineer at Epic Systems, which is a, a big, big healthcare records company up in Madison. Um, and, uh, that was the, you know, that was my first like big interview after graduating. And it turned out like we figured out five minutes into the interview, like, oh, they mean a very different thing from by controls engineer than I mean by controls engineer. And it wasn't really the right position for me. Um, but it put, uh, Epic systems on my radar. And so I ended up getting a job in their IT department shortly after. And from there I ended up, um, as an, uh, controls engineer, uh, working, for a like third party contractor just off Epic campus. So I still work, I still work at Epic, which was the place I, I went to right out of college, but I don't work for them anymore. So what's a typical day of work like for you? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I just started in February, so I'm still learning a lot of the ropes. Right now they've got me on, you know, some, some real simple, easy projects. Uh, our company maintains all of the, and, and programs all of the, um, electrical and utility systems around Epic Campus. So like right now I'm working on the programming for a like pump house uh, to like pump water around campus, um, doors and, and garage systems to like, you know, maintain the parking garages, keep them secure, uh, keep an eye on like temperature and HVAC stuff. Uh, um, so so it's, a, it's a lot of building monitoring. It's a lot of uh, control systems for like doors and access control. Um, it's a lot of utilities like electrical and and water. Uh, and so a, t- a typical day for me is I, I come in and I load up whatever program I'm working on. And, uh, you know, I take a look through the, the wiring diagrams and I work with the electricians to, you know, make sure that I understand the wiring diagrams correctly. I talk to the people working in the building to make sure that like all the physical systems are hooked up. You know, sometimes I'll take a take a little field trip out there, make sure everything's hooked up right. And then I program the processor that actually goes in the building and tells, you know, all the valves when to open, all the doors, when to unlock, all the lights, when to turn on, stuff like that. That's kind of neat that you're able to to kind of also like merge, not just like the theory of like what's happening on your computer and and those models, but you get to actually get into the field and directly see if it's working or not. And you can kind of see the full circle of that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, you'll you'll spend forever poring over a, a wiring diagram and then you actually go out into the field and you open up the cabinet and you're like, oh, this is what it actually looks like when it's all rigged up. It looks very different uh, compared to like when it's just a, a diagram on a sheet of paper. Have you been surprised by any time where something you thought it was going to be this way, but then something happened like where mother nature took over, like it was mice that got in. It was, have you had any kind of like surprises like that? Uh, Definitely. Actually the, the pump house I'm working on now, we're solving some interesting problems with uh, um, 
you, the the processor for the pump house is in one location and all the equipment is in another and uh it's too far away to just like run wires all the way from the 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 processor to like all the equipment and so we're having to get a little creative with like you know hooking up a second cabinet that we can like bounce messages off of and stuff like that so it's um you, you know every time you every time you think you've figured it out some like real world complication uh comes up and it turns out like you it nothing ever works exactly the way it does on the on the on the sheet <laughs> what what are the things that you do that kind of keep you sharp uh like do you like is it, your your learning always has to continue because there's new software or there might be new machinery like what are the ways in which that you have to kind of stay current that kind of go beyond uh your job but that just goes into the actual craft of of being better at at your your field of work yeah uh when i have downtime you know i'm cracking open my old uh textbooks from college and paging through them and making sure like you know oh i haven't i you know i haven't touched this stuff in a year do i still remember how to do it you know keep those skills fresh cuz you never know when you're going to need them um so so it's it's some of that it's some of like uh you know the the program i uh, the software i use at work we only use a very very small part of it uh but i'm curious and i want to know how all the different parts work and so i'm going online and like checking out tutorials for other other features that our software has that i'll never in a million years use um but by looking into it it's like okay maybe i maybe someday i can apply that in some way so i i think it's just a matter of like always staying curious and you know you have downtime you're uh you're uh, taking a look at either something you already know to refresh your memory or something you don't know because you're interested in learning more about it. Like this, I'm just imagining like you surveying, you know, looking for things that make them more efficient or fixing the things that may have uh, maybe uh, yeah, broke because of wear and tear and all that. What would be like the dream systems job for you where you're like, oh, that would be so cool because I would have that resource and then I would have this, the scale of this amount of area to, to work with. What what it, what would that kind of dream scenario be that you would you would have? Yeah, doing all the utilities and electrical and plumbing and stuff is, is cool. It's interesting. I'm learning a lot doing it. Um, but I'd love to one day get more into doing like uh, industrial process engineering, you know, getting into a factory and uh, looking at a, a big assembly line of, of, you know, how some product is put together and trying to figure out like, okay, how does every individual step in this process uh, work and how can I automate it or make it run smoother or more efficient or safer? Uh, like that sounds like uh, a really compelling and amazing um, uh, job to get to do. Uh, it's just it's so it's so cool. Now you live up in Madison. Uh, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. You started off at Kalamazoo, and then you go to WashU, and now you're in a big college town. Uh, what's what? Even though you're not a student there, what's it like living in, in Madison, Wisconsin? Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful city. You know, it's um it's been very easy to make friends because there's lots of young people around here, especially, uh, you know, the the two big things that draw young people to Madison is either the is either uh, uh, the, the college or Epic Systems is constantly hiring like people and bringing new people in. Um, so the city's always growing. There's always like plenty of people my age to to spend time with. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's the the thing I like about it. I've actually. I've actually just recently dragged some of my old old friends from uh, from Kalamazoo. I've dragged them with me to Madison by helping them get a get a gig at Epic. Uh, so uh, it's great. I, it's been kind of fun. 
Uh, that is that is so cool. Well, well, Ethan, this has been so great. Uh, just hearing about uh, just the way your approach to your professionalism and and all these things, I just it's been so great. Uh, and I was wondering if you could share with us some tips for success for current Wildcats. Yeah, tips for success. I would say um, the 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 mantra I try to live my life by. You know, I'm a I'm a person who has. A uh, very, very low attention span for any one consistent project. I'm always bouncing around to a to hundred different things, uh, picking up new projects, putting old ones down. Uh, and the thing I've learned is like, you'll never regret starting a project that goes nowhere. You know, you you really want to make a vid video game and you download Unity and you make a little like platformer tutorial and bounce around for a little while. And then you get bored of it and you go do something else. Uh, you'll never regret starting a project that goes nowhere, but you'll always regret like waiting to start a project that could have mm -hmm. gone somewhere. That and so that's, sweet. that I would say is like the the big tip that is like something I've tried to live my life by is like, if you have an idea for a project, you know, just, just go start it. And even if, even if it sucks, even if you do a bad job, even if you get bored of it, even if you make no progress at all, um, you'll, you'll learn something by trying that will, uh, you know, teach you something or ignite your passion for something else, or, uh, you know, give you an idea for your next big project. Well, Ethan, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck. And uh, and I'm just so happy that you were able to uh, take some time with us today and share everything that you've been working on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was super fun to, to hear from you and super fun to, to uh, uh, talk about all this. Thanks for listening. Do us a favor and spread the word about We Go Places by sharing our interviews with other Wildcats. If you want to search past episodes or stay current, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere where you can get your podcasts. Just search We Go Places. You can follow We Go Places on our Facebook page as well, and also Twitter at We Go Places Podcast. And if you know a former Wildcat who would be a great guest, send me a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, or by school email at at bturnbow at d94.org b-t-u-r-n-b-a-u-g-h at d94.org 